0: You're listening to the Morning Punching Show with RB and J live and direct for more cities and an Instagram model's bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi-Fi.
1: Good morning, everybody. It's RB and Morning Punching Show, the most unpredictable and un- always real morning boxing talk show in the game. Today is Monday, October. 16, 2017, and our guest on the hotline, Bling, today is IBF Junior Middleweight Champion Jared Hurd. This is, of course, your girl, Jay. If you're new to the Morning Punction Show, I'm the creator and founder of BadCulture.net and regular boxing contributor to Black Sports Online and a few other places, as too. It's fight week for my illustrious co host, Raging Babe. RB will not be with us this morning. As you know, if you follow her in social media, she is in Durham, North Carolina, preparing for her fight card under her fight banner. So kudos and walk through and getting all set up for fight week. So if you are in the Durham, North Carolina area, make sure that you go out and check out RB. Support this upcoming title talent. There is a state title on the line on Thursday night, and just support your girl. Send her your good wishes, your good vibes, your good tweets, and all the good energy you can muster up on this Monday morning. But again, we are here to hold down the fort while she is away. I'll be joined by Jake Donovan at the 10-minute mark so we can talk a little Jake's take. And we've got a full agenda on the show today. Not only are we going to be recapping the weekend fight action, we had fights on Friday night courtesy of Golden Boy Promotions from Indio, California. We'll talk about, uh, I'll recap that fight briefly. And we also had Saturday fight from Wembley, England, as World Boxing Super Series will, is continuing there with uh, the super middleweights now taking center stage. The cruiserweights are still going, but super middleweights took center stage this weekend. We'll talk about the fight, the fight Saturday night from Carson, California, where water. I was in the house, Leo Santa Cruz and Abner Morris, on separate bouts. So we'll get into a little bit of that. Also on Saturday night, fights from Brooklyn, New York, with uh, victories by Jared Hurd, Char, uh, Jermell Charlo, and Iris Landy-Laura. But, again, we'll talk more about that. Jake Donovan is going to jump on with me to tackle some really terrific topics on today's Jake Takes. Jake will be weighing in on the World Boxing Super Series and what needs to happen at uh, the 154. Mark was holding the Charlo's back, so we'll have a little banter. And at 8.30, we will be joined by the champ himself, the IBF champ himself, Jarrett Hurd. If you recall, if if you're a longtime listener of the Morning Punch-In show, we honored Jarrett at our year-end show at the end of 2016 as a fighter who was on the rise. So it'll be great to catch up with him to talk about his victory over Austin Shrout, hard-fought victory. Saw some pictures of him in social media this morning or yesterday morning, um, with some cuts above the brow line, so definitely we'll get into that. Before we take get into recapping uh, the fights for the weekend, why don't I take a quick, quick, quick commercial break? And when we get when we come back, I'll recap uh, Friday night's fights from Indio, California, courtesy of Golden Boy Promotions.
0: For all the latest news, interviews, and boxing schedules, visit BoxingInsider.com. Providing readers with everything from the latest fight schedules to interviews with your favorite boxers. BoxingInsider.com has you covered from top to bottom. BoxingInsider.com is looking for new writers. Think you have what it takes to join the team? Submit your articles to our team at info at BoxingInsider.com. Visit BoxingInsider.com today. The only boxing website where you become the fifth man in the corner. When the mind is ready, the body prepares for war. So next time you engage in battle, protect your hands with the best. War Tape, the original branded tape. Order yours now at wartapebrand.com and see why the enemy will fear you. Wartapebrand.com. We put hands on you.
1: Quick shout out to our sponsors, Boxing Insider and War Tape Brand this morning. Thank you for continuing to support the morning punch in show and making us a partner with you it is a pleasure to continue on but let's talk to talk about these fights unfortunately it was such a crazy busy fight week and i didn't get to see every single fight this weekend i saw the fights on both coasts at Barto real quick before Jake Donovan joins us at 8:10 friday night from esp on espn from indio california that's out here near palm springs ismael barroso Knocked out Fidel Maldonado Jr. with a killer body shot in the sixth round in a junior welterweight action at the Fantasy Springs Casino. So he continues his march towards prominence with a victory over Fidel Maldonado. Also this weekend, on the Golden Boy card, Marcelino Nino Lopez stopped Mexico's Pablo Cesar Cano at the 2:27 mark of the second round of their scheduled 10-round fight. It was a uh, barn bird, I'm sure, for the folks out in Indio, California. Once again, I didn't get a chance to see that fight because I've been ripping and running all week with what was going on here in Los Angeles or in Carson, California. So that is what I have for the Golden Boy results. So stay tuned, Golden Boy. When I talked uh, the last time I had a chance to speak with Oscar De La Hoya, he promised that there would be more things coming before the close of the year as we enter into the last quarter of 2017. We looked to hear more on the Golden Boy promotion side. And you know, we got some in case you missed it news regarding Oscar de La Hoya and Golden Boy and people they're trying to side and the moves they're trying to make, but we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. Right now I think it's a good time to bring on Jake Donovan for a little bit of Jake's take so he can help me recap all of these fights because we've got a lot to get through and it's always a good time being with Jake. Jake, Jake, Jake,
0: Jake, Jake.
1: You're rocking with the morning punching show with
0: R.B. and J. And now it's time for Jake's Take. Jakey, 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 Jake, Jake. yes, she. she. <laughs> what,
2: Good,
3: morning, Jay. Good morning, Jake. Good morning, How are you?
1: I am excellent. I got my coffee for the people who probably tuned in right at the hour. They probably thought, where is this woman at? I had to get my coffee up. Early. I had to take my kids to school in the whole night. What's good with you, Jake Donovan?
3: I'm not just trying to get stuff done. Um, RB, shout-out to our girl, Michelle. She's getting stuff done in Durham. Looking forward to seeing her on Thursday, watching that North Carolina walkaway title fight. Yep.
1: That's right. It is a good good time for her. Very proud of her. Please, 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 if you are in the Durham area, go out and support this card. It is a great card. There's some great talent. In addition to the people from Durham there, um, Rahman is on the card, and I think I saw the the kid, uh, Darmani Rock from uh, Rock Nation. Looks like he's on this card. At least that's what released it on ESPN, but uh, kudos to my girl, R.B., and we will um, give another recap about her fight at the end of the hour. But Jake Donovan, we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about here. Shall we begin with oh, a sure Saturday night from uh Saturday night from Barclays, or do you want to jump into the World Boxing Super Series first?
3: Uh, I guess we can go in climb a lot of and discuss the World Box Super Series. It's always a fun topic to discuss.
2: Um, yeah, another right, fantastic fight
3: from the series. Yeah, um, So far, of every weekend where there's been a, you know, a World Boxing Super Series, entry, really the only thinker of the, uh, of the bunch has been Breedus and, um, and Pettis, which the kind of figured it was going to be, just based on style. Um, George Groves and Jamie Cox, a nice domestic battle, a little domestic rivalry they had to be uh, roommates back in the amateurs. Groves called Cox out by name, saying he wanted him just because he was familiar with him. And he thought it would be a, a fun matchup. And he was right. I mean, three rounds, this was one hell of a fight. I mean, these guys, you know, they really want that trophy. And, you know, it's more about that, just getting bragging rights on each other in the ring. Jamie Cox, I mean, it was a huge step up in class for him. He held his own as well as he could for three rounds. Then he just got doubled over by that brutal body shot from George Groves. And that ended the fight in fourth round. Um, very fun fight. Really enjoyed it. Uh, it's another fight. I think it's the second time in, like, three or four weeks where it's been, like, a a massive fight in the crowd, you know, taking place in England. It's just, it's really unfortunate. I mean, you know, these wild brawls are going on. I think it happened with, uh, at the Parker Fury fight as well, not necessarily World Boxing Super Surge related, but this one, it's, Mm -hmm. uh, gotta get some crowd control over there in England. I mean, there was, like, I was told, like, you know, I don't know if there was weapons involved, but it's it's just getting crazy, and it's really taking away from the stuff that's taking place in the ring. Because brutal as the action was with uh, Groves and Cox, they were really good sports about it. And, yeah, Danny Cox, you know, for a guy who just got knocked out, he said, you know, appreciated the opportunity. You know, he's glad that, you know, he's able to put on the show that he did and he congratulated Groves. And Groves, you know, thanked him for giving him a hell of a fight. So that's what you want to see from a fight. Um, uh, you know, other than the, the fights in the crowd, this one actually had good atmosphere. So it was, it was nice to see for that for World Boxing Super Series because they're really trying hard. It just seems like some of the main events they have, like trying to, stretch out eight fights into eight main events was I, I, my personal opinion it should have been events into before, maybe to pair up like certain matchups. I said like with um Gassier and Ludarczyk which takes place this weekend. That could have been paired up with Daughter Coast and To instead of spreading new those two things. I don't see either one of them being very big knocked off uh, boom. But um for Groves and class, you know, it was nice to see George Groves get a win like this. You know, he's um, he's always gonna be in a tough fight, you know, given his style kinda like our guest coming up, Jared Hurd, you know, just the fact of the guys that no matter how often they keep winning, they're just, they're going to keep getting hit. And, you know, they're always going to look like they're in trouble until they cross the finish line. So, it's always fun to watch George Groves. He now moves on to fight Chris Eubank Jr., who, of course, is my pick to win it all. In my opinion, that's the mm-hmm. very best matchup that, uh, as far as any semifinal matchup that could be made. That, that fight should have been a championship fight. It's a shame that it's working out where they're going to be the semi But, um,
2: you know, congratulations
3: to George Groves. Uh, Groves and Eubank had their set down The trash talk is already begun. So I'm really looking forward to when they fight. I believe it's going to take place in late January in England on, um, I believe, ITV
1: You know, it's so funny with Chris y- Eubank Jr. Um, I always, when I look at him, he's very, very into his son, and I appreciate that. You know, father-son trainer duos. Sometimes they work, sometimes they do. In this instance, it looks like it's working. And but whenever I see him, I laughed at a recent video where we saw him wave off like a ring girl who wanted yeah. to, you know, just step into the shot. So at this point, can we call Chris Eubank Senior? Can we call him the Levar Ball of boxing? <laughs>
3: yeah, I like that. I like that Yeah, it's uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're a fun bunch. Chris Eubank has always Senior has always been a very interesting character, and you know, Junior seems to be falling right in line as well.
1: Yeah, Pops gave me the wave off in Vegas during Mayweather-McGregor weekend. I was trying to snip in in and get a quick (laughs) interview with Ice Cube, and he was like, eh, eh. I'm like, oh, okay, well, all right. He's not a boxer, but okay, cool. Let's move on. Uh, Let's keep it going. I'm sorry.
3: (laughs) Okay, so uh, I guess we go to Carson, California next week. You know, I mean, you can speak way more elaborately on that than I can. But um, the event was what it was. I mean, you know, we all wanted to see Santa Cruz and You know, at least, you know, as far as if they had a fight next, it should have been against each other. There hasn't been really a really great demand for the rematch. And I'm sure I'm not mm-hmm. sure anything we saw on Saturday night kind of enticed that. You could speak more to the crowd that was on hand on TV. It didn't look like it was very robust. Uh,
1: uh, as
3: far as the matchup. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: Well, you know, I'm a big fan of going to the Sub Hub Arena, and I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. When the first broadcast, fight started, I think we could have done that whole fight in like the Bonaventure ballroom. Like we really could have done it like a club show because there was nobody there. And it's not a knock on the I mean, you know, I'm not knocking you. I'm just stating the facts. I mean, I have pictures. Right. Other people tweeted yeah. pictures during the show. Uh-oh. Um, but it was just terribly empty in there. I know a lot of people citing competing factors. You know, we got the Dodgers that are playing in the the uh, series right now here in LA. USC was also on the same day. But at the same time, LA is a big city. There's a cajillion people who live here. And if people want right. to turn out and come to the fight, they will. And yeah. the fact
3: you know, and is, they would not Yeah, it, it's a shame, too, because if, if we did get down to Cruz of ours, that would have been a main event that Showtime would have, you know, they would have supplied a license fee. So it could have taken right. place later in the evening where, you know, you give yourself a much better chance of, you know, building an audience. A uh, Saturday afternoon for boxing, it's just, I mean, that that's just really a tough ask. I, I think even if it was that matchup that was going to be on clock, you know, to get fans to commit mm-hmm. to, like, I guess, what, 4 o'clock out there, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. That's just,
1: oh, no, fans a- just don't show up Wait. that early, especially for a fight. Nah, no, hell no, uh, not in L.A. Right. At 3 o'clock, right. 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you're still yeah. barely getting rid of your kids for the night. So... Yeah, no. exactly.
3: I mean, you, you you don't even have a buzz on yet. Never mind, you know, <laughs> get loaded up. Uh-huh. Fight. <laughs> so, um, it, so, you know, it, it's tough. So because it worked out that way, they had to put the fights on Fox first before it led into Showtime. So it was weird. We got the West Coast on Fox early, and then we got the Showtime portion on the East Coast very late. So And, you know, this, the three fights on Showtime were actually, you know, those are the fights they wanted to buy. I was like, oh, well, those fights should have been on Fox. But it's just not the way it works out. You know, Al's not going to give away three premium fights like that. You know, I think it was like a $2 million card that Showtime, well, I don't know if Showtime paid for it all, but it was like between three uh, the three fights on TV, the purses were over $2 million. That's, you're not going to put that on, on Fox and then have you know, yeah, a pair of tune-ups on, um, on Showtime. So we got stuck with exactly. what we got stuck with. Um, Santa Cruz and Morris did everything they had to do. I, it was weird that Morris had to settle for a decision. I mean, he beat the hell out of Andre Coupier. Was, I felt bad for the yeah, boy. Yes, he did corner kept sounding them out yeah. round after round and um yeah my, I mean my last look I, I really like the cohesion the cohesion between Adnan Maris and uh, Robert Garcia I, I think it's a really good fit a much better fit right. than when he was with Virgil Hunter no knock on old birds but yeah. you know some fighters just aren't meant for that style and Adnan Maris is one of them he went from one Virgil of the best Hunters. fighters in the world to just <laughs>
1: Yeah, Virgil Hunter's style is not for everybody. When I look at the two of them, how they competed on Saturday night, I thought Mars Mars impressed me more than Leo Santa Cruz did in the the way he fought. I was surprised that um, the other fight went to the scorecards, but I looked at how they competed and how mismatched these fights were, and it made me feel like a little bit for a second, like I was getting soft. You know, I watched how yeah. Santa Cruz brutalizing. Um, Chris Avalos, it made me tear up for a second. And I thought, wait a minute, they're no crying in boxing. I, It was really yeah. savage, to be honest.
3: Yeah, it's horrible. And I, I'm going to say this about Avalos. Not so about him. I like Chris Avalos as a person. But as far as the team goes, I mean, fight after fight, we're seeing this poor kid being, you know, sent out there far too many rounds after he's been already done. I mean, it happened in, um, I believe, it was the show teams against Mark McStyle. You know, it's just like when when a fight is done for the night, man, it, it's time to just you know, pump. a fighter is never gonna tap. You never want to see a fighter tap out. That's it's up to the corner, it's up to the referee, the doctor. I was glad that you know the referee finally stepped in and and uh, you know just started stop the fight. You know, I know Avalos is mad, members of his team are mad, but this is a guy who, I mean, honestly, he was coming off a very controversial TKO win, a uh, very strong argument that he shouldn't even been there, never mind for a title fight. Even if it was a non-title fight, for a non it was still a mismatch. And his corner just kept sending them out round after round. It was just completely unnecessary. That fight could have ended at least three rounds earlier. The same could have been said for Modish and Gutierrez. You know, Gutierrez caught a break, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, the cut being uh, ruled. It was the cut was caused by a punch, but they said it was worsened by a headbutt. That fight went to four cards, but
1: either way, I mean, the,
3: the boy lost big time. And both fights they really could have ended yeah. a lot earlier than they did. So, it was Absolutely.
1: Not Absolutely. not really what you wanted,
3: especially and. Between all that and the crowd, I'm not sure we got any more momentum for a rematch than what we got on Saturday. All we got was um, Jose Santa Cruz wishing that his son had a tune-up before going into, you know, a barry rematch. It's understandable. It's not what boxing fans want to hear, but you know, father knows best in that situation. That's why we got what we got on Saturday. So, you know, hopefully we move forward with the rematch.
1: I hope so, too. You know, Richard Schaefer was pretty adamant in saying that this rematch was going to take place in March. He is uh, yep. very clear that he wants to get the Staples Center for this fight. But if they want the Staples yep. Center for this fight, they're going to have to put a big, nice, hefty card, something underneath it. Because I, the fans, that's a lot of money to go to the Staples Center. The parking, the tickets, what it's going to take to make that a big fight atmosphere something's going to need to happen to put that at the Staples Center. All due respect to both fighters, but Saturday night at the, at the sub hub definitely wasn't an indicator of what could happen. And also on the card, uh, Antonio DeMarco for the first round, a first round knockout. What's so funny about that card is it was so hot and I had such a good seat ringside, but I had the misfortune of sitting behind the Fox desk and they had these big giant Fox umbrellas up. I didn't even see the knockout. I sat down, oh. I looked up, went, oh, no, the umbrellas. And then I heard, boom, oh, fight was done. I never even saw it. I had to go to Twitter. Yeah, that was, and I was sitting right there. Right.
3: <laughs> of all fights, I mean, you know, the other two fights were as long as they lasted. That was one that could have went longer. That was just a very mm-hmm. bizarre stoppage. I mean, I, yeah, Ramirez was hurt. You know, DeMarco was coming on. But it's just... I, it was the first round. I mean, he was barely shook in my opinion. That, that was... I don't know. It's like really the whole night should have gone that way and that fight should have went at least two or three rounds. But, um, Shit.
4: And it's not even the that fight. Of my, I, mean,
3: I feel bad for Ramirez because, yeah, he's going to want revenge, but it's not like you really are clamoring for a, a you know, Ramirez-Demarco rematch. You almost want to see Demarco get a bigger opportunity and have to fight a prospect once again.
1: I think that, you know, I saw somebody tweet this meme and I thought it was pretty funny. For those who are old like me and Jake, <laughs> somebody tweeted this <laughs> meme of uh, Inspector Gadget sitting, at, not Inspector Gadget, the guy on Inspector Cadget with the, with the cat. They said uh, Al oh. Heyman was sitting on the butt and it said, you got to make sure these fights end enough time for the Showtime card to start. <laughs> and so that's why the yeah. fight ended so soon. The other two went eight rounds. So we had to make sure we, fin- we finished just in time to watch that Showtime <laughs> fight. Isn't that great how that happened? Yeah. God bless oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, not on the West here you know west coast definitely in the uh coast to coast matchup battle the west coast took l this week um we didn't do a prediction war but did we really need a prediction war for the west coast uh fight off last week taking a little week off but um so yes let's swing it on the east coast the fight that more people are talking about this weekend than going on here in la let's get into it jake donovan
3: yeah, definitely, and this really gets into my, uh, what I w- wanted to discuss this week, was uh, re- what needs to happen with the 154-pound division. This was the perfect card to set up, you know, what absolutely needs to happen. I mean, we had three really good matchups on paper. Um, even though the main event everyone knew was going to be a stinker and turned out to be that way. Uh, the fight that I was always intrigued by the most was actually the first fight of the night, Jared Hurd and Austin Trout. You wanted to see how much Austin Trout had left, you know, if he can, you know, tap into those championship routes. It was going to be a hell of a fight, and it was, by far, the best fight of the weekend, in my opinion. As good as Glove and was this was my favorite fight. Because, like I said, Jared Hurd is just that tight. He's always going to be in an exciting fight up until he gets that win. And the thing I love about him and why I say he's the best 154-pound fighter in the world, at least on potential, maybe not in results, he just finds a way to get it done. He always looks like he's like a punch or two away from, you know, the tide turning dramatically and he's going to fall behind and then, boom, he gets mm-hmm. you and he just keeps finding a way to win. Uh, you know, big shout-out to our, our upcoming guest, Jared Hurd. I know he was, uh, I believe he was dedicating the fight to uh, coach Rocher passed away, not Freddie Roach but, uh, uh, The coach out in Baltimore yeah. was trained, you know, so many cats through the DMV. Uh, he passed away over the weekend, very sad. Um, but I was on his mind. Um, it, it was just a really good performance by Jared Hurd. And I want to uh, give a shout-out to Louis Burke, too. Austin Trout's a uh, long trainer. Austin was in that fight, you know, all the way through. He was, you know, at one point, looked like he was going to pull it out. Then he just fell behind. He was never going to catch up. He took a bad beating, you know, uh, in the later rounds in 9 and ten. Louis Burke picked up on it, and you know he did the right thing. His, his heart, you know, overcame his mind, and he um, he went in and he stopped the fight. I know Austin wanted to keep going to the bitter end. Louis Burke knew he it wasn't going to turn around, and you know, he told the, uh, the doctors to stop the fight. Very compassionate yeah, moment. I really appreciate Louis for looking out for Austin's health. And um, you know Austin just he's one of the good guys of boxing. So it was, um, I don't know where his career goes from here, but he, it was kind of like you know watching Klitschko fall to Anthony Josh. was like. It wasn't so much the defeat; it was the way he went out to really makes you appreciate yeah. what he's brought to the sport. You know, because they're both class Acts in and out of the sport. Uh, yeah. One guy, a lot of people will say, is not much of a class acts. Uh, you know Jamel Charlo. I really wish <laughs> the <that> color <laughs> <man." laughs> A little bit more hey, class. man Adam, I appreciate the fact that. Yeah, I appreciate the fact that they always have a chip on their shoulder. You want that in a boxer. I don't care if a boxer is humble going into a fight, but you know, once you win, it's like then it has to be about sportsmanship and. Chips. and um, this is part of my big take with them. It's, I, I get why the Charlos are so angry. Someone brought this up, I think, even before Jamal Tarlow was going to fight Jorge uh, Highland over the summer. The two of them have never been in a main event. They keep, you know, everyone keeps playing. Oh, they keep getting the showcased on Showtime. They've been matched pretty tough the past couple of years, with the exception of Jamal's last fight. But they keep getting stuck in Kofi's life. It's like Erislandy Lara keeps getting the main event over them while they keep getting brought along tough. It's just, it, it's very bizarre. So, and I get it, you know, Jamel even made a point to mention that, um, you know, the cameras are falling around Lubin. And look, I, I'm very friendly with the Lubin camp. I'm very biased towards the Lubin camp. I got, you know, no shame in admitting that. You know, Jason Golos is a very good friend of mine. Um, there was a lot of attention. I mean, at least on two occasions, on during the Fox telecast, they made a point to showcase you know, talk about Erickson Lubin and that he was challenging Jamel Chalo for the title. Not so much that Jamel Chalo was defending the title. So I get why they're angry, but, you know, it's, you know, he claims you know Lubin was, was running his mouth the whole time, I and then mean, boxers run their mouth. It's just what you do in the buildup. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know Jamel. He got the great first round knockout, but it's you know just let it end there. You know, you had the boy twitching that fight. Then it's, you know that's should be the <laughs> adjustment. You know, you, don't, you
1: know. I don't even you
3: mean. It's like borderline. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he looked like when he went down, he looked like he was waiting for a hug. I, right. I, I'm sorry. You know the Charlos I've interviewed. Jermall Charlo many years ago when I was first starting right. out. And, you know, as much as we are enjoying them in the ring, they aren't the most scintillating personalities in interviews and when no. you get them outside of the ring. So to see them go full heel is amazing. Right. And I'm, I'm with it. I'm, I'm totally down for the heel. Everybody can't be nice. Everybody can't right. wear a suit. Everybody can't hug and kiss the kids. They have gone so far it's so WWE like. Uh, oh my God, I love it. Like the Usos, yeah, the Usos aren't even that mean <laughs> on WWE, but that's right. what the Charlos have turned, and I'm I'm down. As long yeah, as they I mean, keep exactly. winning, I'm
3: down. I'm down. Exactly. I mean, yeah, they're both undefeated, and with Jamel, I mean he has a strong case for. If you're gonna start talking about knockout of the year, he has two entries now. I mean, because he knocked Charles, uh he knocked Charles Hatley the hell out. That was one of my favorite knocks <laughs> just because the way Hatley was, all the crazy stuff he did leading up to that fight. Jamel just meant, well, let the man make a fool of himself, and then he made him look foolish in the ring. Mm-hmm. And then now with Lubin, I mean, this is supposed to be the fight of the night. Everyone's saying it a potential fight of the year candidate based on their styles. And, you know, once again, Jamel just made it look easy. So now he's, you know, he's saying, you know, if I'm not fighter of the year, you know, he calls himself the knockout artist of the year, which isn't actually an award, but he's got two entries for knockout of the year right now. I mean, just. If that doesn't yeah. put you on the exciting yeah. list, I don't know what will. And like you said, it's being just, you know, that shit, you know, go ahead with it. What you know, Mayweather made, you know, became a billionaire out of, you know, playing the villain role. So if the Charles yeah. can find a way to do it, great. Maybe, you know, now they get C B C to pay a little more attention to them. But, but like you said, you know, now that they got attention on them, they got to know how to deal with the media, too. Because, like, you know, once, you know, people start asking yeah. questions. Yeah, granted, some questions are just ridiculously dumb. But if you get asked a thought-provoking question and you only get three, four words as an answer, it's like, like, one time, I remember I interviewed Jamal. I asked him, like, five different questions, as, as dug as deep as I could I to ask him questions he's never been asked before. I got, like, maybe 20 words total. And then he's like, oh, when's the story coming out? I'm like, the hell you want me to write? You got that.
1: You know, you on the work with." Me. You got that. <laughs> well, here's my thing. Here's what I want to know, Jay yes. Donovan. We have looked at the evolution of the Charlos now over the past couple years. You know, as people know, they trained down with Ronnie Shields down in Texas. What is the difference between the Charlos now and a year ago? Because obviously, as they ascend the ladder, they're fighting more competitive fights. You know, we look at the fight that you know the fights that they've had. And they haven't gotten exactly cab drivers in the ring. They've had some competitive bouts, and they're just steamrolling through them. What is Ronnie Shields? What do you think is different about them? Now, is it just that anger that's fueling them? Because I don't remember them knocking fools out like this two years ago. Yeah, I, I, they were winning. That's like, a part of it,
3: right? They, yeah, yeah it's, it's a part cool of it. Now. But um, I mean, am sorry, yeah, with Jamel, I mean the big difference is obviously going to Derek James. He's got you know El in the gym now. You know Jamal, you know he's, he's surrounded by Edwin Rodriguez and you know Lara. You know Jamel was surrounded by all that, but maybe it just wasn't a um, a style, you know, a trainer fighter style that worked for him. Going with Derrick James has obviously changed them. And, you know, anyone that's going to train with Errol Spence the whole time, you, you're only going to get better from the experience. So. But I do believe a lot of it is, you know, they feed off that bolt, bolt and board material. It's like, you know, if you say stuff to fuel them up, they're going to take it all in the ring. They're finding the right way to channel all their energy. So it's um, in all their rage, I should say. Yeah, so it's, it's it, working
1: it's for them. Great it. yeah. <laughs> it's great. I'm, I'm and, um, down. You know, they are. And pre-win you feel me I feel you. instead of uh, so, all that talking leading up to the fight and then they lose like a la broner they are winning their fights in indecisive fashion before we bring yeah. on our hotline bling guest, because we are at the eight thirty 30 point let me yeah. run a couple, couple more commercials so we can pay some bills and when we come back i think we will have our first guest our only guest today
0: Champs Boxing Club and Fitness, bringing the city of Danbury a safe, clean, and professional boxing gym. Located on 128 East Liberty Street, Champs Boxing Club offers you more than five trainers who are all either current or former professional and amateur boxers. Look us up online at ChampsBoxingClub.org for a full description on membership rates, discounts, and more about our facility. Also, check us out on social media at Champs Danbury. If you're ready to join, send us an email at cbcdanbury at gmail.com and we'll get right back to you. Or swing by and visit. We look forward to you joining our team. Come see what all the buzz is all about here at Champs in Danbury, Connecticut.
1: And we are back. Welcome to the Morning Punch In Show with R B and J. RB is taking the day off. I'm here with Jake Donovan and let's bring our first guest, fresh off of his first title defense. Let's bring in Jared Hurd. Good morning, Jared Hurd.
2: Hey, how you doing? Good morning. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Good to be with you this morning. Congratulations on your victory Saturday night. And uh, you have your trainer, Ernesto Rodriguez, with you on the line this morning, correct?
2: Yes, he's
1: here. Hey, good morning, Ernesto. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. Uh, Let's get right into Saturday night's victory. Jay Donovan, of course, is uh, on the line with us. And a, a great victory. We had a chance to watch your fight. We were here in Los Angeles at the StubHub finishing our car. We did get to watch your fight, me and a few of the other media members. It was such a, a hard-fought battle uh, in the early rounds. Through those early rounds as you, you know, progressed towards the victory? What was going through your mind as you saw? What's the trouble expected in those early rounds?
2: Oh. Hello,
1: Jared? Hello. Can you hear us? Hello. Jared, can you hear Hello? us? Yes, can I can you. Can you hear us? Hello? Oh, yes. Okay. yes, I can hear you. you know, in, those opening, in those opening rounds, you know, those are really competitive rounds when it looked like kind of inching away from you. As, as you got started into the match, was he what you expected? As you prepare, you know, in your preparation for the fight and going into fight night, what did Trout perform as you expected in those early rounds?
2: Oh yeah, he was definitely what we expected. You know, um, like any any fight Trout's been in, he's always in the fight. He's always um, competitive and, and and putting up a great fight. So we knew we knew he was going to be that way, especially while he was fresh in the beginning. And uh, you know, the plan was to to eventually. Come on towards the end of the later rounds, and um, you know that's what we, we end up doing, and we successfully stopped them as we planned.
1: You know there were a lot of stretches in the fight where we saw you uh, fighting with your hands down. We were, I was watching on a, you know on a pretty small location. What were you thinking?
2: Well, it's crazy because that's something. Co- oh, go ahead. It's crazy because that's something coaches don't, uh, you know, usually. Tell you to do to fight with your hands low like that, but it was actually working for me. Now, you know the reason that I I I started doing this because I stuffed the head, but I didn't know if I was up on the scorecards or down on the scorecards, and um, I didn't want wanted the, the judges to take it take it to the uh, cards. So I, I said, man, I, I gotta move. I gotta start moving my head. So, um, and I put my hands down and started moving my head a little bit, and I was having some success with it.
1: You know, with Austin Trout, you know, this is definitely a great win for you. I looked at your social media following the fight. I think it was yesterday. It might have been early this morning. You posted some pictures of of your head with the uh, the stitching from, from headbutts. At any time during the fight, did the ref admonish him for headbutting you? Or what was going on during those headbutting times?
2: Yeah, I was actually headbutted twice before the, the final one when I saw for the cut. You know, uh, we clashed heads twice before that. you know, the ref would just say, you know, watch you guys' head, watch you guys' head. But in the last one, man, it was sliced my mouth.
1: Was there ever a sense of urgency in the corner that you needed to turn it up? up? Not your nestle, I'll address this uh, question to you. In those early rounds, as we saw Austin be really competitive with uh, Jarrett, did you ever feel a sense of urgency in – Tell him he needs to turn it up or what were how were your feelings as you watched those opening two, three, four rounds?
4: Well I
1: understood that
4: we had to pick it up a little bit because uh Austin Trout was uh you know, he was moving around and he was landing some good shots. He was pretty much in my opinion I thought he was, you know, still in the rounds towards the end. It was competitive but he was busy. Once the cut came, I didn't I didn't panic because I didn't want Jared to panic. Uh, but I knew that it was, the cut was pretty pretty deep. And uh, the, uh, Dr. Ragland, uh, a cut man, came in, and he started working on it. And, he, you know, he reassured us that, you know, he, he got it. Uh, so I kind of I, I stayed calm, and uh, I stressed uh, Jared. I kept saying, Jared, move your head. And uh, work behind the jab. You know, get in, because I knew he wanted to get in and, and you know, land and hit some solid shots. But uh just work behind the jab, but you know, uh, once once uh, uh, Dr. Rattling, you know, stopped the bleeding, you know, I think kind of made everybody feel a lot better that the the blood wasn't as bad as it looked when he was uh, when he first got cut. Cause there was blood everywhere, but once he stopped the bleeding, uh, I think it was uh, reassuring reassuring. Uh, hey, let's let's go ahead, go back to work. Uh, but at, at no point in time I I, I showed any panic because I didn't want Jared to be panicked.
1: The win, and that's the result you want. I'll ask you first, Jared. Is there anything you would have done in the fight differently? Now that it's done, and then uh, Coach Rodriguez, I'll ask you the same thing.
2: Oh yes, man. You know, I I was just talking to, uh, you know, Nestle, my coach, earlier today, you know, about uh, moving my head and things like that. Because you know, in the gym and doing spar, to be honest with you, I didn't fight anything like that. You know, we went to the into the fighting for a completely different way. I was kind of used more of my um, reach and staying on the outside and boxing, but um, I don't know when I got in the fight. I just thought so, so I should keep pressure on and keep walking forward, but you know, he just wanted me to move my head a lot, way much more, which I think I still have to move my head much more because. You know, uh, I'm still young, and I, I, I would love to have a, a long career in this sport and a, a life after this sport, so, you know, I just wish I'm ahead a little more and didn't take some other damage. But, you know, at the end of the day, I was able to show my will and that uh, even through battles like that, I can overcome it and still win it. And,
1: and Coach, you know, he mentioned the head movement. As you as you said, What are there any other elements of the fight you wish uh, – your young man would have done differently.
4: Well, as you stated, during practice, uh, uh, in preparation for the fight, he uses the long arms and he he used a lot of counter punching to break the the spawn partners down, and then he he applies uh, the pressure and imposes will, which is what we wanted to do. So, um, you know, I'm I'm just hoping that that you know for future fights, we could transition just what we did in the gym. Uh, and not rush into making it so much of a dramatic fight. Although the the fans loved it. You know, they want to see that. They want to see blood, and they want to see all of that. Um, you know, it's, it's good for TV. But, um, as we you know, I, I was talking to him. I, I, want, I want him to use his height. I want him to use his reach. Uh, he hits extremely hard. And I think if he set those punches up, uh, you know, using his reach and height, you know, I think it will make the fighter, the, it'll make the fight a lot much easier for him. We'll still get the same outcome, uh, stoppage or knockout or just a beat down, But, you know, he won't have to uh, be susceptible to, to getting hit as much. Because, uh, you know, as competition get better and you get uh, uh, long in sport, you're going to fight punch, guys that punch just as hard as you do. They fight just as good as you do. Or some of those may box better than you. So you have to use uh, other alternatives than just, your will uh, and, and strength. You have to use more technique and more skills and mentality, the mentality to out of boxing. So that's some things that we have to work on, you know, footwork and and, and 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 technique. And it's not that he doesn't have it, cause he does have it. He does it in the gym. Now we just got to get the click from taking it to the gym into the fight. And he has done it before. We just got to get back on track.
3: Hey, um, uh, Swift and, uh, and Ernesto, this is Jake Out of It. I've got a couple of questions. Uh, Ernesto, you mentioned that you always try to stay calm in the corner because you never want Swift to get worried. But do you guys kind of get the sense that fights are as close as it appears to be to the, the viewers and, like, the media watch. Because this is, like, three fights in a row. It's, like, we're all kind of taking our breath. And all of a sudden, you know, Jared just finds a way to pull it out. So is, uh, is that, like, the same view from ringside? And, Jared, even to you, like, do you feel like the same in the ring? Like, is it, you know, as close as we think it is? Or do you just, are you confident that you have everything under control?
4: You know, I, I could be able to hear you. I don't know if you had, there was wind in the background. I'm not sure where it's coming from, but you, you were breaking up. Uh, it was like some no, I'm no, sorry about background. that. No,
5: yeah, no, I just wanted to ask, because um, as you mentioned, like you always try to stay calm in the corner. You don't want Jarrett to worry. But I just wanted to know, like, because there's like three fights in a row where, like, it's we're all kind of holding our breath, waiting for, like, just the dramatic shift, and, you know, Jarrett's always pulling it out uh, some way. But, like, okay. do you guys get those sense, too, that the fighter is closest. close like it appears to be to the viewers, or do you, are you just that confident that you're always in control and you're going to find a way to win?
4: Well, for me, I'm gonna go first before Jared. Well, from, from the coaching yeah. point, uh, I can see that the fights are are close. Uh, from for, for for instance, this one and last the last two twenty years. they, they right. were close. And I, I but I knew and, and I knew that Jared Jared comes on strong as the fight as the louder as the the fight gets later, his strength kicked in. So I knew that the later rounds, we're going to be fine. But I always say, you know, hey, let's not make the closer the, the first round was too close because, you know, you just don't know what the judge is looking at. with judge just like what. So uh, I wasn't worried as far as uh, uh, this fight, for this fight. I wasn't worried because I knew that I, I saw how hard Austin Trout was fighting and how many, his work rate was real high. And the reason why, because Jared was applying the pressure, he was making them actually fight. Uh, he, he just wasn't using the the proper defense that we he worked on. So I, no, I, for this fight I wasn't worried at all. I knew Jared was going to eventually uh, uh, stop him because I predicted him stopping him in the tenth round, which he did in the tenth round. Uh, it was just you know the the, fir- the first four or five rounds they were just so close, in. And, and you know I, I thought that uh, um, Trout had won maybe three out of the, uh, of the first five. And, you know, we didn't we didn't want to give away too many rounds because we knew that he's a skillful boxer and he he could use his legs and move around like he did with Charlo. Towards the end, he came strong uh, with Jamal Charlo and made a fight so close to the point where some people thought he won. But uh, I did not expect those rounds to be so close. But in the late, latter rounds, I knew for a fact that Jarrett was going to come on and stop him. So, you know, from my point, I mean, Jerry, you, can, Jerry, you may be able to tell him what, you know, how you felt about that.
2: Oh, yeah. And, uh, like, and that's what I'm say it, it was almost like we were seeing, as the fight going Austin also, awesome Trout was just trying to... He was almost out on his feet, man. He was trying to almost survive. We could see him wearing down. But, you know, even though with him being that tired, he still was a little crafty. He was just moving. But we just knew it was only a matter of time before you know, we, he finally was uh, Weared out. But um, we the, we know the fight, fight, be close, and we don't know how the judges be viewing them. But like, when we well, you know, as the fight get on, I always end up getting stronger, and I carry my power in lay it laid around. So we knew he was eventually going to land and get the job done. All right, cool. And then
5: uh, I wanted to ask, whose idea was it to, uh, to bring a net to the fight? I mean, we we understood the purpose at the end. You know, who caught the trap? But whose idea was that for the net?
2: That was that was my idea. You know the whole fishing theme, and uh, yeah. yeah, if we can to catch a trout, man, we want to do what uh, many fighters couldn't, and we we were successful. <laughs>
5: I mean, yeah, obviously, us, you know, that's a fun gimmick, and and uh, you know, it's
2: easy to play on that.
5: Um, going into this fight, like, was there any kind of statement that you wanted to make? Given like there was two other world title fights on the card, and with that, like,
2: who would you want to fight next if it's you know,
5: in fact, someone from that show?
2: Uh. I mean, it's not all about who I want to fight next. It's more about no. what, what what makes more sense. Right. Um, you know, I have other uh, fight with Cedric Vitu, which is my mandatory. He's a Southpaw, so that'll be right. my second training camp in a row with two Southpaws. So I might as well <laughs> go after Laura, you know. So that'd be three three straight camps with all Southpaws, that to help me prepare for you know uh, a more tactical crafty fighter like Lava. So it will make more sense to go after someone like Lava instead of going after Charlo and switching back to a right hander, then trying to you know Go back to a lefty Alaw lover, so I think I should go After lava first Alright I mean you know Everyone thinks he's The best in the world So I mean There's
5: certainly No fault in that And then finally um, right. I, just, I don't know What kind of relationship You have with uh, Coach Roach Who unfortunately Passed away this uh, Over the weekend Just like if there's Anything you wanted to say About him Just like the influence He had in, you know, in the whole DMV area
2: Oh yeah man He had a big influence uh, Over at T-Norch He was one of the coaches That when he walked In the room Everyone that was present Was there You know, a very knowledgeable guy of the sport. And, you know, Coach Rose is is what we missed, man. And he he did a lot for the sport. And, uh, you know, uh, you only can say good things about him.
1: Excellent. Well, Jared, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Congratulations on defending your title. Before we wrap it up, what do you think is – What's the realistic turnaround time for you? We know that you have the cuts. You know, you mentioned that you'd like to stay with the direction of going against uh, South Falls. That's brilliant. That even, didn't even occur to me until you said it. What is a realistic turnaround time for you to get back out there and put the title on the line once more?
2: Uh, realistically, I'll say sometime next year, probably maybe in February. Something like that. I was supposed to fight in December, but, you know, I, had, I got a uh, 60-day suspension because of the cut. I cannot allow the ring. So uh, I'll say realistically sometime in February when, I, when I'll be able to get back in the ring spawn again. Hello? okay
1: What's yeah. the victory this time? I'm sorry. Can you hear me now?
2: Yes, I can hear you a little.
1: How are you going to celebrate your
2: victory? Oh man, you know, uh, well, you know, of course, some person will, you know, spend some time with my old lady. She, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time away from her for this camp because this is my longest camp. You know, we supposed to fight back in. July on the age of Verna so
1: no to my long this camp and
2: I'm just going to spend some time with her, maybe take a vacation for her, something like
1: that. Yeah, social media enjoyed that. It uh, be on the screen, so you guys have a ball and enjoy. The-
2: All right, thank you so much, and thank you for having us on your show. All
1: right, thank you. All
2: right, cool. Thank you, uh, sir. Congratulations.
1: All right. We're going to take a quick commercial. Thank you, Jared Herb. We're going to take a quick commercial, and when we be back, we'll be back with some in case you missed the news, and we can that we are going to wrap this up for the day.
0: Any vehicle, any age, any mileage. With Nationwide Auto Warranties, you will stop paying unexpected costly repair bills and let an extended auto warranty pay. Go to NationwideAutoWarranties.com for an instant email quote or call 1-866-352-4999 for a free no-obligation phone quote. So stop paying and let Nationwide Auto Warranties get you your coverage today. Again, that number is 1-866-352-4999 or visit NationwideAutoWarranties.com. John Francis Agency is comprised of dedicated insurance professionals who manage risk, protect wealth, and cater to clients' personal and business needs. We offer disability coverage for boxers as well as life and liability insurance. Career ending injury insurance along with illness insurance is also offered through our agency. For more information, please visit us online at JohnFrancisAgency.com or call us today at 732-497-9624. John Francis Agency, our daily grind, is protecting your wealth.
1: All right, and we are back. We've got about 11 minutes left in the show, so I'm going to run through some topics really, really quick. In case you missed it news, brought to you by our friends at Undeterred, lavish and quality statement-making Are you? Make sure you go visit them at undeterred.bigcartel.com and make sure you tell them that the Morning and Show sent you. And in case you missed it news, Errol Spence, probably one of the most sought-after guys in boxing outside of the ring right now, a whole nother story. Errol Spence Jr. revealed this weekend during the Showtime podcast that, that he turned down the fight with Miguel Cotto. Why? Because Oscar De La Hoya locked in for the long haul. Oscar's been very clear in interviews that he was a big fan of Errol Spence, and in order for him to get the Miguel Cotto fight, he wanted to lock him in to a long-term deal, and this is what Spence had to say about that. Yes, the offer was made from Golden Boy, and They've been trying to get me to be their fighter. You name them; they've been trying to get me since I turned pro. I just declined it. I don't want a promoter right now. So Errol Spence, if you're looking to see him, looks like uh, we'll have to wait until next year to see him in the ring once more. Also, in case you missed it, news: the WBA announced that Louis Ortiz will be banned for at least six months and removed as Anthony Joshua's mandate unless he requests a B sample by October 20th. As you may recall, Ortiz tested positive for a banned substance ahead of the fight against Deontay. He says it was a mistake. He didn't declare some blood pressure uh, medication. So now he has to provide a B sample by October 20th, which is in four days, or he loses his spot, as Anthony Joshua is mandatory, and he will be banned. So... We'll keep an eye on that, and maybe we'll have an update next Monday when we do the show. Also, in case you missed the news, you know, we had all the fighters in the house on the East Coast Saturday night. One time Keith Thurman, we know one time Keith Thurman had surgery on his right elbow in April following his marriage. And on Saturday, he says he still has about four to six weeks of rehab remaining. expects to fight again in early February. Let me see, April, this is October, May, June, July, August, September, October. Six months ago, he had the surgery on his elbow to reportedly remove calcium deposits. He had this to say about returning to the ring because if you're he him to jump in with Errol Spence, so sorry, so sad, it's happening right out the gate. He said, I, I will be smart. I'm not jumping in the ring after an injury going after another champion. When we go toe-to-toe, it will be the right moment I believe, for both of us, and that's all I've got to say. That's what Thurman has to say. Thurman also had to say this against a potential fight against uh, undisputed 140-pound champion Terrence Crawford. This must be the love talking. You know, he got married. You want to talk about making him relevant. He does need to make himself relevant in this division. He's a 140-pound undisputed champion. He can he can come up in weight, this weight, and fight pretty much anybody in the top 10. He der- deserves that for the most part, and I understand that. But we are so flooded with talent, he's going to have to make himself relevant at 147 before he gets his hands on us for the most part. Who this us is that he's referring to, I'm not sure, but basically he said Crawford is irrelevant at 147. All right. Fair assessment. Uh, so, lastly, and in case you missed the news, new fights that have been made this weekend. Burchout versus Salido, a done deal on December 9th, and will be on HBO, according to Steve Kemp for Boxing Scene. Dominic Brazil at versus Eric Molina was added to the wilder tavern undercard. Miguel Cotto versus Saddam Ali has been finalized for December 2nd. And Julio Cesar Chavez, Jr. will be returning to action in early December, says his trainer Nacho Berenstein, and it could be at 168 pounds, and I'm sure he is happy about that. Lastly, before we wrap up the show, let me go ahead and give you the win fight schedule on Thursday from Las Vegas on ESPN2 and ESPN Deportes, Gabriel Rosado, Gabe Rosado versus Glenn Tapia for 10 rounds. Whew. Don't be Bloody. Get your tissue ready. In the co feature, Alejandro Barrera versus Keandre Gibson, and that will be taking place in Las Vegas. Also on Thursday, once again, our girl, not broadcast fight, but if you're in Durham, go see RB's card in Durham, North Carolina, Marco Bailey versus Steve Massey in the main event, with Joseph Jackson versus Monreco Goldston in the co main event. So make sure you go check those out. On Friday, on Telemundo from Mexico City, Carlos Ruiz versus Luis Miguel Montano and Omar Solano Herrera versus Luis Daniel Flores Noberto in the co feature event. On Saturday, on HBO from Verona, New York, Jezreel Corrales versus Alberto Machalo for Corrales' WBA Junior Lightweight title. In the co main event, Demetrius Andre, Boo Boo Andre, makes his return to TV versus Alentez Fox. And also on the card, Demetrius Ballard versus Andrik Sarlugi, all on HBO Saturday night. Also on HBO on the same day, tape delay from Belfast, North Ireland. Ryan Burnett versus Zane Zakayanov for the, and in an IBA WBA Bantamweight title unification bout. So make sure you pay attention to that because it could have some great send some waves through the Bantamweight division. In the co main event, Paul Highland versus Steven Ormond, also happening on Saturday night from Newark, New Jersey. On the Audience Network, World Boxing Super Series continues with Murat Gass- mm-hmm. the whole thing in the Cruiserweight division for the World Boxing Super Series, versus Christoph Vlodersik for the Gassiev's IBF Cruiserweight title, and also the opportunity to move on. This is a W uh, World Boxing Super Series quarterfinal matchup, so tune in to that. That's gonna be some big power for blows being launched between the two competitors. And also on the same night from Tijuana, Mexico on B and Sports, Jose Cepeda versus Mike Perez in the and not the, the big one, Mike Perez, the junior welterweight from Tijuana, Mexico on B and Sports. And in a non-broadcast fight, but because it's a title fight and it's a terrific champion, Cecilia Breakus will be fighting against Michaela Lawrence and Breakus is ACW. IBF, WBO, all her welterweight titles be on the line. So that is your weekend fight schedule. You got a lot to tune into if you're going to stay home and watch boxing. So make your picks, tweet with us. I'll probably win the HBO card. If I can catch some of these other ones, I'll be on Twitter to talk about them with you. I'm always down to talk about the fights. Today's show was brought to you by Wrestling Insider, John Francis Agency, Porter High Performance Center, Nationwide Auto Warrant. Boxing Club, War Tape Brand, Bernie's Boxing, Red Beach Advisor, the WBC Cares, and also Undeterred. Make sure you check me out on badculture.net, TV. Make sure you visit RagingBabe.com. If you haven't liked Raging Babe on Facebook, make sure you do so you can see all the activities from her fight in Durham, North Carolina. And we thank you for listening today. Shout out to my amazing, amazing friend and co-host, Jake Donovan for Hold It Down with me. We'll be back next Monday from 8 to 9. It's the Morning Punching Show. We thank you for listening and we are out.